Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Hey everybody, Chad Harris here. Today's episode is part one of three of a presentation that I did for a friend of mine's mastermind recently. And the topic is how to ask people for money, whether that's a seller or a private lender, it's very similar techniques and ways to do it. So today in episode one, I'm gonna cover the differences between traditional lending, seller financing and private lending. Gonna talk about how I learned the skills to raise money and the number one key concept you have to always have in mind when you are asking for money from a seller or private lender. Hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and family from around the world, I'm truly excited you guys to meet Chad Harris. Chad Harris is in Ohio. Uh, I met him several years ago going to real estate conventions, which you need to do. Um, this is a real estate convention in my mind, our mastermind group. I, I met Chad at a conference and he bought my course. We had a, a group call and then he disappeared for six. I mean, no, we had a one-on-one -on -one call and then he disappeared for nine months. And then he's like, okay, let's do this. So we were coaching and the guy's amazing. I, you know, I just love talking to him, his passion for real estate and doing real estate with no money. And so that's the goal. I know a lot of you guys started this group with me to be creative, to learn different ways of doing real estate. And I think it's really fascinating because the society with realtors, bankers, they're all for themselves. Realtors get a commission, bankers get commission. But when you really talk to someone in real estate that's doing that, what no, no one else is doing, that is Chad Harris. He's acquired over 50 units without bank funding. And I know you just, with our coaching, <laughs> you just got bank funding. So yep. you're gonna have to change a little shit there, but <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm honored to, I just messaged him and he is a coach now. He has students under him and that he just walks them through the process. And so, you know, that you could ask any question you want today. I think you wanna have like a 20 or 30 minute presentation of my questions that I emailed you and then you guys just open up for whatever uh, questions that you have. He's a very giving person. I feel that Chad and I are a lot alike, like the way we think, the way we give, um, our love, not only for God, but for, for humanity and for people to be better and to be their full capacity. I mean, a lot of people can't do this game because they have a low self-esteem or they think they can't get money or their spouse may not be a part of their endeavor. All those things are extremely important, but it boils down to doing something that no one else is doing, and that is my friend, Chad Harris. All right, take over, my friend. All right, thank you, Stephen. Appreciate it. Appreciate the compliments, the introduction. So I'm going to share my screen here. We'll get this party started. So today we are talking about how to ask for money basically how to buy real estate without any banks involved. So uh, as Stephen mentioned, that's 
kind of ha- what I've done um, in real estate investing. I just got some bank money recently, but built my portfolio without any bank involvement. And the process is going to be the same, whether it's a seller or a private lender. So we're going to touch on both today. And I have a ton of information, so I'm going to run through it, um, try and fit it all in, and then I'll answer any questions you have. So basically the structure of a real estate deal is going to be the same, whether it's traditional financing, creative financing, or private lending. It's just where the money comes from for the deal. And whether it's a bank, traditionally creative financing is from the seller, or you get that money from a private lender. So real quick, if you consider what if funding was not a problem, how many units would you buy or what difference would it make in your life? Because that is really what it boils down to is what the impact would be on your life. And realize we need a shift in perspective for this whole discussion that the money is made in putting the deals together. So it's not the money that's the prize. It's not finding this uh, special seller, this secret private lender, it's you and your deal are the prize. So when you're presenting, whether that's to a bank, a seller, or a private lender, realize that they need you and your successful deal. The bank needs to make loans, the seller's distressed and needs help, that private lender has money, they need to earn a return on it. And so key concept, this whole discussion today is gonna revolve around the idea of helping others, serving other people. So Zig Ziglar famously said, you can get everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And so today we're talking about getting financing from sellers or getting it from private lenders. And in both situations, we're just helping them get what they want, as simple as that. So real quick, who I am, how I came to be here today. Uh, this is my father. You can probably see a resemblance. Uh, my parents had rentals. I worked on houses with them. And he was a full-time investor most of his life. And he, he was hardworking, independent, and he bought most of his portfolio with creative financing. And when I went to school, I was passionate about teaching and ministry. So instead of going into real estate, I went into ministry, eventually took my family to Turkana, Kenya. And this is a picture of where we worked. Uh, The guy on the right there in the striped shirts, Ecuador, my right-hand man who I worked really closely with. And as part of that work, I had to raise all the money for the ministry. So I thought it would be fairly easy because there was a lot of need. And I went out and I told a bunch of people about the needs in the area. They needed clean drinking water. They needed food. Um, But in reality, I really didn't raise very much money. And that was kind of frustrating until I made a switch, knowing that the people I was talking to probably wanted to support a work that I was working in. And if they weren't supporting it, it was probably something I was doing wrong. So instead of talking about needs, instead of talking about what I was looking forward to with the work, I changed and I talked about vision, the vision for what their support could do in Kenya and the opportunity for them to be involved. And that really is gonna be another key concept for this whole discussion with sellers as well. Once I made that switch to vision and opportunity, 
then I raised money very easily. So we raised, uh, I think about double what we needed to raise uh, for those four years. And after four years, we came home. Um, we were going to raise more money to go back. And we had two sons when we left and our daughter was born in Kenya. And then when we came back, our youngest son was born. And this is Bo, our youngest son, when he was born in 2012, he had a bunch of health issues. And as part of those health issues, he had to have a trach tube put in. And that meant that we couldn't return to Kenya. And so I was, I was the sole provider for our family. My wife was taking care of Bo and homeschooling the kids. And I had a few months before all of my income was going to end and the house that we had been lent by a supporting church we would have to move out of and the car that we had borrowed from a supporter we couldn't use anymore. So I had to figure out a whole bunch of things really fast. And personally, I felt lost because the path that I had seen myself going on staying in the ministry and in Kenya for a long time was suddenly changed. Everything was up in the air. Day to day with Bo, we didn't know what was going to happen. It was constant doctor's appointments, constant uncertainty. And I just felt frustrated as a father, um, for all you parents out there, that I wasn't giving my kids the life that I wanted them to have. So I made the decision at that point that no matter what it cost me, I was going to provide a great life for them. No matter what I had to do to get it, I was going to do it. And I decided I was going to buy real estate. I didn't have any money. I didn't know how I was going to buy real estate, but I was going to buy real estate. And I started telling everybody I knew that I was buying real estate. And somewhere in that process, I had this epiphany that I was very good at raising money for ministry. And there were all these people I was talking to when I would tell them I was getting involved in real estate that excited them they wanted to be involved in real estate. So I realized that if I could help them get involved in real estate, if I could raise money, just like I did uh, with ministry, then I could grow my business. So that's what we did. I started raising money from private lenders. And this is our growth over the years. Initially um, until 2015, it was all, pri <clears throat> all private money. And then after that, I started to add some creative financing deals. So the private money deals were really good. It just felt a little slow because I was doing the burr process. I had to do a major rehab on most of those houses. And so after a while, it just felt a little tedious. Once I added in some creative financing, then we could buy packages, multifamilies that were already rented. So. That's how we grew over the years, and now I still do both. So I still buy with creative financing. I still buy from private money, and I'll tell you um, at the end when we're talking about how to make offers, how I make those offers so that the seller has an opportunity to choose either one. So now with our units, um, we've built a property management company to oversee those units have an assistant in a system uh, so that it is very hands-off. 
started True Wealth Investors so that I can, again, do what I'm passionate about, which is teaching, helping, encouraging others. And we have the True Wealth Investors podcast where I get to share what I know and interview other people. So, and in addition, I get to provide the life that I wanted for my kids. This is, these are my four kids. This was from a uh, mission trip we went on to the country of Eswatini last year. And I'm grateful to have shared experiences uh, with them and get to provide them what I think they deserve. So, all right, so that's my story. So what is creative financing? Get into the nitty gritty here. Essentially, creative financing is where the seller provides the loan for the real estate. So in a traditional transaction, you have a buyer and a seller, the bank provides the loan so that the deal can get done. With creative financing, generally the seller is the one providing that loan. There are a bunch of types and I'm not gonna, due to time, I'm not gonna try to get real deep into each type of creative financing and focus more on how you talk to the sellers and how you talk to your lenders how you specifically ask them for money. Because all of that is essentially the same. The contract you use or the structure you use doesn't much matter. Um, But some different types of creative financing, you can do a land contract, um, also called a contract for deed in some states where you pay them. Over time, they keep the deed, you get the deed when you pay off the contract. Subject two, where Uh, You receive the deed and you just start paying on a loan that they have with a bank. Wrap mortgage, owner held mortgage, similar concepts. Um, Lease option is where you rent uh, the house and you have an option to purchase it at a set price for so many years. Zero percent interest offers, I put that in there. You can use that with a land contract. Wrap mortgage, owner held mortgage, you can use it with different structures, but when you don't have interest in that loan, it gives you a ton of flexibility. So that's just another way to do it. And really that just means that you tell them, I'll pay you so much for your house over so many years, or I'll pay you so much for your house this much per month until it's paid off. And the fact that you don't have to pay interest gives you more flexibility and makes it a lot more profitable for you. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you are getting benefits from this podcast, please, I ask you to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. That helps other people know and about our podcast and be able to find us. And it helps us get feedback to know what we're doing well. So I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. Until next episode, keep building your dream life one door at a time. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey. Thank you.